0: The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series. Identity theft will do just that, help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is part B. Last week we talked about the millennial's dishonor toward parents, the importance of respecting elders, the unified approach to rebellion, which means rebellion is easy to deal with if it's in an individual's life, but when it goes into corporate, when it goes into being unified with, with a culture, we have a real big problem on our hands. So we have never seen a global movement of Laodicea. Today we do. Even secular researchers know this. The people are so jello-ish that we're not able to change them anymore. Not able to change their opinions. We're not able to change their lifestyles because they categorize all forms of leadership is, well, that's your opinion. I have my life and I will live my life and I will believe what I want to believe. So we talked about honor promising a long life. Did you know Billy Graham turned 99 this week? You know, when I, when I got that message, I was like, God, you really, you really mean what you say. Is a man of honor is promised long life. I mean, that's what we taught on last week or two weeks ago. And here is a living example in front of us of a man who is 99 years of age. He probably wants to go home daily. You know, it's uncomfortable living that old for most. But it is a promise that comes with those who honor authority of the Trinity. Then we talk about millennials being a people of conspiracy. You need to ask this question of yourself, pastor, ministry leader, fathers of homes, husbands, or children. Who is the primary spiritual authority in your life? Now, James says, do not be so arrogant and lie against the truth. So don't send me a 602 given me this bogus answer of who the authority is in your life by saying your are pastor or by saying someone that you do not, if there is no evidence of proof that you go to this spiritual authority for the seven primary areas of life. Here's a follow-up to our questions. Number one, how often do you seek them out for guidance? So you can say you have a spiritual authority in your life, but if you're not seeking them out for guidance, then you're lying. Number two, how long does it take you to carry out their recommendations? Now, if you have to put that on your to-do list, and it's presently on number 14, I had a discussion with a young man this past week. I asked him to do something two years ago. And I waited patiently for two years. Toward the end of the two years, which is recently, I put a few hot coals under him. And then finally in our meeting, I I basically said this, very simple question. Why is it that what I asked you to do, the two most important things I've asked you to do, have never been done? They're not even on your list. But yet someone could call upon you from the community, someone could call upon you from wherever, and it goes to the top of your list. Help me understand this. You're lying. You see the evidence of lying is in the behavior. What? Ways do you show them this double honor? I know how I show my mentor double honor. Is he has my attention instantly. Last Friday, I was asked to do something by my mentor. I had one of the busiest days of ministry. I had a hacking going on with my system that took me how many days, Jane? Three o'clock this afternoon, we finally, hopefully, got it dealt with from a gentleman from India. And on one of the worst days, I'm asked to do this task. I took my entire ministry list and I pushed it off to the side. And the objectives that was in that email became my top priority. And I didn't stop until it was finished. I will get up in the middle of the night if I have to, to fulfill a task from him. Instantly. I know how this works. So therefore, the proof in the pudding is not in the preaching and the statements of loyalty and faithfulness to your spiritual father, whoever that is. The proof in the pudding is right in this list. Get the PDF, go back to the list, click on PDF, and download these slides. Number four, how often do you find yourself teaching the principles of authority while fully knowing you are guilty of ignoring the authority assigned to you? Sorry, Lord, that blew right over most people's heads. I get it, sweet Jesus. I understand that preaching it and teaching it, not getting up at three in the morning to fulfill something that was asked of me, I get it. Now I've been to hell, the gates of hell and back and and understanding authority. So yes, many of my writings are focused on these stories, whether it's my autobiography or another book that may be coming out or another article, because I understand that the flow of the Spirit comes through authority anointing promise long life all of these things comes down through this flow it doesn't mean you're blindly following someone i followed christ inside my mentor i know when he's not telling me the exact truth i'm not dependent on this man's words i'm depending on this life in this man i follow christ Through him and other mentors I have. He's not the only one. Finally, number five, as statistics reveal, why is it that teachers are the last to seek guidance from their authorities? Because teachers can't be taught. We covered that two weeks ago. Teachers have to be self-taught. They have to do their own studies. They have to do their own work. They have to do their own certification in their own minds because they cannot be taught. If you find a teacher in Christ Jesus that can be taught, I want you to send me a 602. I know they're out there. I know there are actual teachers that have learned this lesson about being dependent upon the teacher in them, through them, to the students. And you can front that person with circumstances and they will do one thing first and that is look inwardly at Christ and have a discussion with Christ. Second thing they're going to do is they're going to look up their mentor, their spiritual father. And they're going to seek guidance and help to make sure their decision is based on the indwelling life. Third thing they're going to do is they're going to take the words that hopefully are spiritual wisdom from the mind of Christ in that mentor, they're going to go back to their prayer closet, and they're going to bathe themselves in it. Fourth and final thing they're going to do is they're going to ask for an empowerment from the Holy Spirit to walk it out. Now! Not three weeks later, not two weeks later, not two hours later. Now! It's immediate. It's immediate. Yes, Lord, here am I, send me. It's now. Your small hesitations is costing the kingdom of God hundreds of thousands of lives. By you not being available as a tool and a vessel when God said, Now! Speak now! And we hold our words. Because we're fear-bound. A true and believer cannot be constrained. You cannot constrain a true and believer who's in the habit of obeying instantly the voice of the Lord. And sometimes the Lord is actually saying, Wait, Stephen, wait. 100% obedient. So are you hearing God in your mind? I say not. And those of you who are, I say praise God. Because I'll see it in your behavior right here. That's where I'll see it. That's where you'll see it. It's where the Lord sees it. He made things very clear that he will give small things to us to see if we're faithful in these small things so that we can be entrusted to much. That's how I disciple. We have a story of Jane's uncle that went from being given a task by one of the presidents of one of the largest corporations in America at the time, was given an envelope to take something to the bank. The boss put money, cash, in this envelope on purpose to see if the money would ever get to the bank. Guess what? It did. He gave him another envelope later with a large sum of cash in it. Sent him to the bank, called the bank, told him what was going on again, and do you think the money hit the bank? Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot that happened between what I just told you and him becoming the vice president of the entire corporation. You see, it's a principle that works and it's a principle you disciplers should be using. The first thing that you should do after they say you're my mentor is give them the broom. Have them scrub a toilet, something uncomfortable, menial. Give it to them and test them because I can assure you most indwelt Christians won't scrub a toilet for Jesus. They have to hire unsaved people to do that nasty work. They have to hire people that are Jesus haters that will actually clean up other people's crap. While the indwelts become comfortable in their little positions of education, which equals transformation if you didn't know. (laughs) That's what's happened to our country. It has now affected our entire world. Is education is the tree of knowledge and is the safest of two trees to live by. Yes, indwell believer, you can live intent under the tree of knowledge while you're supposed to be over at the other tree, enjoying life from within. Why do we do these kinds of things? PG-100, Blame God 100. Carefully look at this diagram. It literally bullet points. What goes on in a soul that, saved or not, didn't make any difference to me. I'm not impressed by indwelt Christians, never have been, <laughs> as much as I'm not even impressed by myself. I know what flesh is, I know what, how it works, and I know how dangerous it is. Indwelt people can act worse than unsaved people. Typically, they do. So when we try to steal the role of the father, the issue of spiritual fathers becomes pretty critical. So the first one is abusing the laws and standards of God to manage or control self, others, and God. It's abuse. You're literally stealing God's standards and you're putting these standards on yourself or you're putting these standards on someone around you or you're putting these standards on God and you're basically saying, live by him or die. Because I'm not going to have a relationship with you until you meet these requirements. It's abuse. It's the act of a thief the identity thief. He steals the top priorities of God and God's top priority is his own standards and laws. Second thing is requiring self, others, and God to keep my self-imposed standards. Now it's not just handing them your Bible that you wrote, by the way. may have Copyrighted some stuff from the Word of God, but you're handing them your Bible. If you're disappointed and you suffer disappointment, this is what is truly going on inside your soul. He who sets the standards is he who can require others to live by those standards. Some of the most difficult people to deal with, no insult intended, it's just the truth. The most difficult people to deal with in the world today are single people. This link that the enemy works on is, you have no other standards of others that you have to live by. If you're married, changes it up a bit, doesn't it? If you have children, it changes it up a little bit. If you have grandchildren, it changes it up a lot a bit. So what happens is you set this, this standardized wall around you, and if someone jumps over that wall, there's hell to pay. Number three, playing God by judging others, judging yourself, maybe even judging God for failing to keep your standards. So you standard set, you demand, and if they don't meet the demands, crabby time! Remember, crabbiness is demonic. It's refusing to turn the other cheek. I have to pray about this for a few weeks. There was someone who has isolated themselves from me, and recently I asked, how long does this take? How long is God telling you not to have communication with me? How long is this? Well, I don't know. Well, show me in the Word where He says this is the technique of healing so I may join you. Doesn't exist, it's demonic doctrine. So these are the things that we just don't think all the way through. If someone comes up and says, show me even the standard in the word of God that this is the way to do it. It's over. The game's over. You can't even get to point number two. And then deciding to deliver the consequences to others for not upholding your standards, your laws, your rules. So we got giving the standard, requiring obedience, and then judging them because they missed your mark, and then deciding, well, I know the best consequences for you, and I'm not going to talk to you for two years. Hey, now that's a good plan. Let's resist the voice of the Holy Spirit that says, if you believe you have offended your brother, Go to him and reconcile and blah blah blah. There's just endless scriptures that are opposite of that, and so then you're stuck with them delivering the consequence of going to jail. Do not go past, go, or collect your 200 bucks. There's hell to pay. I just imprisoned you. You didn't play the game by my rules. And then using my own standards and laws to control circumstances and people. So once you give them the paycheck and they're suffering bondage with you, guess who gets to control them? The one who put them in chains. It's easy to control people that are in chains, they're slaves. So that's how it works. So, you put the chains on so you can play your little control games with them. Bummer, because that's demonic doctrine. It's evil and it's oppressive and it is not of God. Nobody can prove that to me. And believe me, I've asked. Acting as if I am a sovereign God, independent, doing whatever I deem as just and right. That's what you single people are guilty for. Please think this through. I'm picking on all of us who act independent as well as the single people, but I'm here to tell you that the single people in the church are also a weak link. Because there's no one that they have to answer to. Now those precious single people that have got mentorship set up, they are of a complete different system of of functioning under authority. I say God bless you with the power and authority that you are receiving the truth from. You will have a preserved life like Paul had and many others. But if you're using that little independent singleness to be the sovereign God of your own life first, I'll come when I want to. Independent, well, we'll see. Doing whatever I deem is just and right, well, yeah, it doesn't fit into my schedule. Well, guess what? Next one is stealing praise, approval, and acceptance that belongs to God the Father. The awards that we get in life feel great. Today, I got an email. I had someone contact me from another state and say, I have to cook the best chili. Will you help me? So I typed out, Took myself to do, if I was to make my perfect bowl of chili, what would it look like? So I put a recipe together. There's 28 ingredients in And so then I put the little paragraph together, how to cook it, and whatever, and so sent it off, and this is this week now. So this person kind of dumped this on me in the last minute. So she throws all these ingredients together step-by-step, step, a little bit of corresponding, you know, to clean up some details. So tonight she sends me a picture of the best, what do they call it? People's Choice Award for the best chili. Yeah, I love that. Wish I could have tasted it. But we love awards. It says accomplishment, completion. You finished the race. It turned out well. Plus, I did happen to be a little arrogant and say, this will be the best chili at the fair. I'm going, Lord, can you pack that? (laughs) And he did. Now, it, it is just a fun thing, but we do love awards, and awards demand praise and approval and acceptance. So that's why we do those kinds of things, is to get that. Some hold it here and don't throw it up line. If you understand authority, that's the first place you're going to throw it. and all stays right and righteous. Finally, function as God by not seeking discipleship or guidance from others. Well, why should they? They're God. Any person who I am watching and I know who their spiritual authority is or may not even, but I kind of know who their spiritual authority is and they don't seek guidance from them even on the smallest things in life, small things and trusted much. And I'm watching that person and there's not that going on. I know exactly what's going on. They believe they're God. Of their own life. They are guilty of the, the top things we just covered. But this too, at 602, I can say. If you walked up to that person and told them and taught them or tried to teach them, number one, they're going to come back with, I already know that, and that's how I function. That bottom line one, that they can teach the principles but they can't demonstrate them? That's where I'm trying to get in through the crack of theology. Belief and outpouring. That drops us into the very last item. And that is self-determine what God means by what God says. This is the most dangerous piece for the Laodiceans. Because the Laodiceans actually say this. They're the ones that are deciding what God means by what God says. And if they don't like what a particular translation is, they'll write another one. To match their verbiage, to match their belief system. So to go from only a handful of solid Bibles not too long ago to now over 200 plus translations that are user-friendly. It is the people who are determining what God means by what God says. And by them making that determination, that sets them up As proof in the pudding that they are God. So we live in a culture today that is filled with many gods. We thought the Egyptians were bad. Hello, wake up. The Egyptians wins hands down when it comes to being focused on a couple gods. But the millennial generation today wins hands down on having so many gods, we can't even count them. And then they all unify together in the garden of the gods and say, you can worship anyone you want. Just hang with me in the garden. Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Did you know that, or unless they already did it, take the thumbs down off of Facebook? I heard they were going to. Oh, Oh, did they? Wow, my behind. Well, that's why. Every opinion is thumbs up. Now, we really want you to stay with us in this series. Next week, we're going to get into what it really means to have relative law, mankind, and absolute law, God kind. This is the first of us attacking the demonic doctrines. You say, well, we sure didn't spend much time talking about demons today. Well, we're not. Why give them credit? They're going to be referenced as a source without question, but it's all going to take place through the logic that is inside your mind and who you plug into. That is what is going to determine. The difference between you being a functioning, indwelt Christian releasing the life of Christ within you, or if you're a sayer you just talk, talk, talk all the indwelt Christian truths and principles, but you have no clue what it means to submit to the living God and who he has put in place to protect you from going sideways. Give us a call at 602-292-2982, and if I can't answer the call, please text me. I have a full computer program and a full dedicated screen in my office that has all my text messages from all over the world up on the screen. As I'm working, it pings me, and I'll know when you text me, and I will respond if I am by my computer. Thank you for joining us tonight. you've been listening to identity Matters podcast we appreciate having you join us today feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org we have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in christ again thank you for joining us